Hi, I want to welcome you to our second week of looking together through the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 2, this week. Last week, as we began our look at 1 Timothy, we found out that this is a book that's all about where you find the motivation for living a lifetime of faith. And part of living a life of faith, part of the motivation for living a life of faith is that you pray. You're not going to live with motivation for faith unless you pray. But there's a point to this that sometimes I miss and maybe you miss. It's not just a matter of praying for yourself. More than we realize, the way that you live the life of faith is greatly dependent on the way that you pray for others. And that's what Paul talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 2, the first couple of verses, the verses we're going to focus on today. Let me read those verses for you. Paul writes, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Now, in these verses, when he says, I urge then or therefore, he's referring back to the whole of chapter one, all that he talked about, about the motivation for living the life of faith and the kind of heart that we need to have for God. And he's saying, based on living this kind of life, I want to make sure that you're making requests. In fact, he makes a list here. He says four things. I want to make sure that requests and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving, those four things, that those be made for everyone. Now, the first three, requests, prayers, and intercession. When it comes to prayer, what's the difference between those two? John Calvin, in his commentary, said he couldn't see any difference between those first three, not two, but first three. What's the difference between requests and prayers and intercession? In one sense, it's it's, it's a way of saying the same thing three different times. And oftentimes, the Bible does this, emphasizing something again and again and again. Now, there, there is a difference. In these three, he is covering all the bases. He's saying, I want you to make requests. Those are specific needs that you're talking to God about for other people. I want you to pray prayers. And he says, pray prayers. That's the the broader talk, the conversation that you're having with God about other people. And he says, I want you to make intercession. And that has the strong idea of coming to God on someone else's behalf. The whole idea behind it is that you're talking to God about other people. The main issue for me as I read through these requests and prayers and intercession, and then the last one that I more easily understand, thanksgiving for others, the main thing that I have to focus on is not what did these words mean. I know what they mean. The main thing I have to focus on is, am I doing it? In fact, as a part of walking through these verses today, I don't want to just talk about praying for other people. I want to take some time to pray for other people. He says, I want you to pray for two groups here. The first group is pretty inclusive. I want you to pray this for everyone, he says. And then he picks out one group out of that larger group of everyone. He says, especially for kings and all those who are in authority. Now, you probably don't live in a country where there is a king, but you do have somebody who's in governmental authority over you in some way. It might be a president. It might be somebody who is a prime minister. You have somebody who's an authority over you. And Paul says, I want you to especially make requests and prayers and intercession and to give thanks for all of these people. So let's take a moment right now to do that. Just wherever you are right now, driving in your car, sitting and listening to this somewhere, maybe in your backyard or at a desk somewhere, wherever you happen to be right now, just take a moment in your mind just to pray. First, to pray for everyone specific requests. Who is it that you know that you need to make a specific request for them right now? One of your children, maybe. 
or maybe you don't have children, maybe you're single, you need to make a specific request for a close friend of yours. Maybe it's a specific request for somebody that you work with or a specific request for somebody you go to school with, somebody in your family. Who is facing a decision? You need to make a request for them. Who is it that's facing a situation in their life, a circumstance that's troubling to them? You need to ask for God's peace in their life. Who is it that you need to make a request for? He says, pray for everyone. Make these kinds of requests and prayers and intercession. Intercession, coming to God on behalf of another person. Who do you know that's hurting? And you need to go to God right now on their behalf and just say, God, I bring them before you. You know I care about them. I know you care more about them. I pray for this person that I care about today. Lift them up today. As you pray these prayers for everyone, you also want to make sure that you pray them specifically for who Paul talks about here, for the person who's in some kind of governmental authority over you. If you are in America for your president, if you're in America for somebody in Senate or in Congress that you need to pray for, maybe somebody in your state Senate or Congress, somebody that is in government authority over you in some way. It might be somebody that you meet at City Hall on a regular basis, the mayor of your city or somebody who works in law enforcement. Who is it that you need to pray for, for kings and all those in authority? Not just, Lord, I pray for them that they would make uh, good decisions today, but it says make intercession for them. Go to God on their behalf right now. Pray for God's peace in that person's life, that man's life, that woman's life. Pray for them to have a sense of God's presence in their life today. Pray that for our president today. Requests and prayers and intercession. Oh, and there's one other thing here, thanksgiving. First, for everyone. Who is it today you need to give thanks for? Maybe, maybe there's someone you thought immediately, I don't want to give thanks for them. Well, that's where you start. Start with the person you don't want to give thanks for because the Bible tells us to be thankful in all things. Give thanks in your mind right now for someone in your life. Who is it that you need to give thanks for in your family, at your school, at your work? God, thank you for this person. Thank you that even though they're going through struggles, you're at work. Thank you that they've made an impact on my life. Thank you that you love them, even though they may not see it yet. I want to thank you. I want to give thanksgiving for this person's life. And applied, as Paul applies it here, how can you give thanks for someone who's in authority over you? Give thanks for someone who's in law enforcement or give thanks for someone who is in government service in some way. Give thanks for someone who is in Congress or Senate or give thanks for our president. Give thanks if you're in a country other than America for your prime minister. Who is it that you need to give thanks for? right now. You see, when I can give thanks to God for somebody else, there is something that that does to my heart that is extremely significant, but it also does something for their life, more than I realize that is extremely significant. Paul says, I want you to pray for everyone. I want you to pray particularly for kings and all those who are in authority, and he says, I want you to do this so that we might live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and holiness. That's amazing to me. He is attaching my ability to lead a peaceful life, a quiet life, but also a godly life and a holy life to my prayers for others. As you pray for others, recognize that that has an impact also on your life. Pray that we would not live in, in turmoil and conflict with those who are in authority, but that we would lead peaceful and quiet lives. Why? Because that's the life that God has for you as a believer in Christ. Why? Because that's the life that most attracts other people to Jesus Christ, the peaceful and quiet life, the, the sense that you have a connection with God. Your life isn't in turmoil. You're not in battle all the time. That's what attracts people to Christ. So pray that that would happen. 
I, I understand that in this world we are sometimes in conflict with government, that government might be pushing something that when you take a look at God's word, it's the exact opposite direction. And there is a conflict there, no doubt about it. And we have to pray about that and work through that. But I have to admit that I sometimes get the feeling that some of us enjoy that conflict. Not, not fight through it, not try to work through it, but we actually enjoy it. In fact, we get our identity as a believer from being in conflict with the government. The problem is, when you allow that to happen, those who are not yet believers look at you more as a crusader against government than as a follower of Jesus Christ. They don't see you as someone with a peaceful and quiet life. They see someone who objects. They see someone who is angry. Now, just remember, as I'm commenting about this with our government, that Paul wrote this to Christians who were facing conflict with the Roman government that included persecution. And he says, in this case, you want to make sure you pray for those who are in authority over you. Now, as I say this, I want to be really clear. This does not mean that we shouldn't fight for causes, for biblical causes. Of course we should. It just means that we should balance our lives. And one of the ways that you balance your life is by praying personally for those who are in authority over you, especially those you have a conflict with. If you have a conflict with someone, even if you don't know their name and they're in government somewhere, some government office, you've never been able to meet them, if you have a conflict as a believer in Christ, you better be praying for them. You better be praying for them. So understanding what Paul says in these verses means that you are praying for those that you have a conflict with, and it also means that you recognize that Satan would love to minimize your witness as a believer to a single cause rather than having people see that all that you do grows out of your love for Jesus Christ and Jesus' love for you, the depth of love that he has for you. And we've already prayed together today. We usually pray at the end, but we prayed earlier. So we're looking forward now to tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to look at verses 3 to 7, and we're going to focus on the good news of God's powerful love.